hello, everybody, and welcome to the 75th episode of According to Alan. I am your host, Alan Moskowski, live from my house uh, post-pandemic and COVID. I am here with the one and the only, they call him the second brother of the Flow Brothers. Um, they call him, don't put the Z after the Y. <laughs> what else do they call me? State champion. They call me state champ. They yeah. call him state they call champ. me state champ. Yeah. And uh, master of none. <laughs> yeah, jack of all trades. If that's what you're trying to say. I don't know what I was saying. They called me captain in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you got rid of that name. Yeah, that, that was kind of bad for you. I couldn't. I couldn't live that down. But fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, the last time we were on this podcast was number 74, and it was pre. COVID. It was right when it was our final week in the office. That was our last day. You, me, and Muha sat down and we uh, we talked it out. Yes. Yeah. So that is the last time we have been on a podcast together was about two months ago. Yeah. And I remember uh, we thought it was just going to be a two-week thing. Remember yeah. that? That was yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's not been. No. No. That's anything but the case. So for you listeners out there, there's been this thing called the COVID-19 pandemic. I don't know if you guys have heard about it or not. <laughs> Since you get your, all your news from us, mm-hmm. I feel like we should at least let you know. You guys are probably so out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to catch you up on. Uh, people have died. Michael Jordan's the greatest again. And uh, really no real releases from a music side. Nothing crazy. Nothing no, a, crazy. A lot of, the biggest thing musically that I've been seeing is just a bunch of covers, a bunch of uh, people trying to uh, push the forefront of live music via um, social media, which I think is pretty cool. Because uh, that just give, that gives you a wider audience, um, and if there's probably a way to make money that in the future, I think um, brands will capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like sell digital tickets, which may may not be as expensive as you know live tickets. So I don't know. It's it's, it's bringing it's bringing a lot of artists um, clout in that sense. Um, right away, initially, my thoughts of you saying that I I probably don't want to buy a direct digital ticket however if there would be specific intimate performances that i would be down to buy Mm -hmm. Uh, for example if eddie vetter was like hey i'm gonna open up my backyard bonfire and i'm gonna sit here and play an hour and a half of super dope acoustic songs Mm -hmm. i i'd think about buying it yeah for sure probably the number that would probably keep me from it is anything north of 30 bucks i i would agree when i'm thinking digital tickets i'm thinking like five bucks only in the sense that there's no room cap you know you're not it's not a physical place you don't have to have a limit on how many viewers this thing has yeah 1999 is a no-brainer 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 and so i think that'd be very interesting to see how that kind of went through because you've got let's say if that were to happen i think my i I would want to have like a party of people over yeah to watch it just like pay-per-view uh ufc fights or all that stuff so that's interesting um a lot of ways the world's changed. I mean, we've changed quite a bit in the last couple months here. I mean, we went from and, and like I, I haven't went back and listened to the old podcast. I, mm-hmm. I, I'd be interested to do it now. Yeah. Um, but you know, we were doing so much with small businesses and restaurants and breweries, and that kind of well went dry very fast. And so we were pretty much down to nothing. I yeah. mean, I would say. And so from our perspective, and I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid of telling people this because I feel like there's more bullshit out there than anything oh, else. Oh, for sure. But uh, for us, you know, we had to pivot a few times. We we're starting to do the real estate photography and videography stuff, which has been hugely awesome for us. 
uh, as the, as the beginning of this pandemic happened. Um, we've been doing a lot of live shows. We yep. did the St. Jude Variety Show uh, that we're really proud of. We've got two more shows that are on the schedule right now uh, that are going to be in that sense. And uh, one of them is from the Pink Ribbon Society, which is really huge, uh, who deal with breast cancer awareness. And then the second one is uh, being our first partnership with the Times that's public. Yeah, uh, We're going to be hopefully putting together a live viewing of their best of the region. Uh, what, what do they call that? Contest? Yeah, they best of the region year. contest. So just all that stuff, which is really wicked. And it's been a blessing at the end of this. I think there was a lot of, I, I think I speak for most business owners in this, is that when you're dealt with your, when you're when you're forced to have that much introspection about your death as like a business, it really, it, it forces evolution and change and adaptation and a big, huge emotional roller coaster that I don't think a lot of people understand. Yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the way that everything has changed, it's 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 so cautious. It's so um, unsure. Everything. Uh, I mean, you see it on TV now, where everything is pretty much any kind of show that used to, you know, garnish a lot of attention. Uh, that were also live shows, so like The Voice, um, all that, all that kind of, stuff. and like uh, the late night shows and stuff, all being transferred to that zoom format to uh everyone's at home which is helping promote the idea of safety and all that but it's also like what's the future what's the future of media for that like who's going to be the first one to stop doing shows at home and go back to the studio and how are people going to react to that that's something that's something that i was thinking about not too long ago when um my mom was watching the voice and it's all from home and like Bon Jovi came on and gave a performance, which he might not have done if it was like on TV in a live studio, but like he was alone in his house doing it, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's like a ticking time bomb in a sense. Cause there's so much, um, there's so much negativity being thrown at states who are either opening up too much or not opening up at all. There's, there's no way you can make anyone happy in that regards. And what's everything going to look like once everything starts getting back to normal, you know? No idea. No clue. I think we're already in the new normal. I think to think that there's going to be this magic thing that's going to happen overnight once things reopen, I think is a major mistake. I think yeah. you've got to really look at it as taking it day to day right now. Uh, it's been it's been a wild ride. I mean, I'll say this, coming into it and coming out of it, um, it's definitely something that I'll always remember. You know, the, yeah. the recession for me was not something, I mean, I didn't have a business at the time. Right. and. I mean, it affected me, but it didn't affect me. I mean, I never, you know, there's a lot at stake right now, Mm -hmm. you know, financially, personally, all that stuff. So it's been, it's been wicked, Um, but there has been some really good stuff. Lots of good stuff. The uh, movie night on Wednesdays, um, I'm not going to make that public anymore. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. Because people say they're going to (laughs) come. I think that I'd like to keep it to just like people who actually pay attention to what we're doing mm-hmm. and i think this podcast is one of those things yeah i would because like even the last one it had 120 listens yeah and we don't promote these at all no which is crazy it to is think about crazy, it's like yeah. the anti-promotional tool mm-hmm. so i wonder if like we can just keep it to just us in this and so if you are listening um drop us an email at contact at local 219.tv and we'll send you the invite if you want to do it we do it Right now, it looks like we're doing it once every two weeks. Yeah. And we're still fine-tuning some of the major 
bugs. Yeah. Right? Because the first time, uh, the first viewing of the network, we had to shift at the end and then play it from a different source because we came up with some buffering issues. Yeah, it would just stop loading. Yeah. And then um, the last one, the Wild Bunch, just didn't do great from a... It didn't work very well over the over the the, the Zoom. Yeah, because um, I because I hosted on my computer and uh, I'm hardlined trying to give you guys the best quality possible. But as I learned a couple days later when we were doing edits over Zoom and we're sharing the screen, how much lag there can be, mm-hmm. and I feel so bad because that movie there was a cut every second. You know, like it never sits still. Yeah. So it was probably really hard, to, especially to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, so uh, that is the two movies we've seen so far. Actually, we've seen more uh, when we were doing it physically. Yeah, those were fun too. Yeah, we did. So we've seen so far, we're trying to do the top 100 movies of AFI's list, 100 movies in 100 years. We've seen North by Northwest. Yeah. We've seen The Network, Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter. And then we saw Wild Bunch. Yeah, and we also saw, um, didn't we see one more? Or what? no, it was Deer Hunter South by? North by. North by, my bad. Yeah, those are the first two we did off, off that list. Yeah, so that's been an interesting time. Yeah, because prior to that, we did the uh, Oscar, the Oscar nominees. Yeah. Yeah, we tried to watch all those. So that's really cool. And then you've got a new thing that you're really excited about. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to be releasing playlists. Sorry. My intros are so good, they don't even come off as intros. <laughs> <laughs> I got scared. You put me on the spot there. I'm like, do I? <laughs> Do I have something I'm excited about? But I am. We're, we're releasing playlists every, what, Friday? Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to record a podcast for that to explain the reasoning behind why, why we put the songs on there. Um, and I'm going to try to evoke either different moods or dif- different topics on each one. Like I was thinking today on the way here, it'd be cool to have a playlist of um, the best songs from notably bad albums. Mm. So like if a bad, if a bad al- like an album is perceived as, as bad, but there's always like that one song people co- like go on okay, to that so album for that. Give me an example. Uh, let's see. We'll we'll say Beverly Hills from um, what was that? What, what album was the Weezer? Was that um, Ratitude? Okay, so you think Beverly Hills is a good song? I like Beverly Hills. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Asshole. Playlist is already fucked. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying it's gonna go on the playlist. What I'm saying is there's that. There's always a song that people like uh-huh. from bad albums. I feel like that's always a thing. Here's another one. Um, sure. We didn't agree with, uh, we didn't think that, uh, what was uh, Kanye's last, Jesus is King. We mm-hmm. didn't think Jesus is King was a f- great album, like a fantastic album. It wasn't no. very good at all. But there's that one song, Follow God, that I absolutely love. And that's it. That's the only thing off the album that I can really just listen to. But I don't want to give the whole album a stream just by clicking on that one song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so like the last Arctic Monkeys album. There we go. Four out of five. That was another one. So the four out of five four would out of be five. the song for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we argued about that album a lot too. Yeah. That's another yeah. one. I, was trying, I, I had another one in my head this morning, but I can't remember. So, um, but yeah, that that's going to be one. Um, maybe just like a something based on a decade or a year even or i don't know like a 2011 um i guess modern hip-hop uh one would be kind of cool because that was when modern hip-hop's really kind of truly uh going on this one path that is that it's on now i think that Mm -hmm. was one of the one of the peaks of the 2010s of hip-hop was that year because watch the throne came out drake's first album came out kendrick's uh first album came out it was pretty crazy for me um, are you writing these down? 
What do you mean? I feel like you should be writing these ideas down. No, I mean... These are really good. Oh, these are like just two ideas I've had today. So, I'll write, I mean, I'll, write, I'll remember you them. You should write them down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember them, dude. Because those were really good. I thought like right when you were even talking, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah. I mean, if like the songs of 2003 or yeah. uh, we even do genres, yeah. you know, like, like say... The best of reggae one. Hell yeah. The best of reggae two. I mean, it really kind of opens up all these different genres and all these different playlists that people could really just go back to. And it would, it sounds way better than being like, this is the music of the week. Right. You know, like yeah. I don't, that doesn't resonate these are, at all. And like an, uh, one thing that you were talking to me about today was, uh, cause I just finished up the first one and, um, I have a lot of, I guess more deep cuts of, uh, of popular artists on there. And I'm hoping that's something that I can really start. You know what the first one should it. be? What's up? It, it, this conversation made me realize it. What? The f- best of the number one songs on albums. The, f- the lead song of albums. Oh, the best openers? Yeah, That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's dude. a good one. So you do 12 to 15 songs. All of them are the openers All, of albums. Yeah. And then you blend that together. That's hard. <laughs> that's going to be a hard, dude. <laughs> Maybe these playlists will be every two weeks. Yeah, these are, that's, that's really that's fun. an endeavor right there, dude. You can't make me do that by tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I can. No, you, uh, whatever, <laughs> I guess you can. But <laughs> uh, you know, this this is this isn't supposed to be a job. This is supposed to be fun. You <laughs> I'm, know, I'm not saying that. It's just <laughs> tedious, man. <laughs> Damn, I gotta make another music playlist today. <laughs> There's motherfuckers out there b- d- digging ditches. Holy dude. shit, dude. Thank you. Thank you for uh, humbling me every day. <laughs> you fucking 23 year old. You know nothing. <laughs> Whatever, dude. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so I think that would be that's a really cool segment that I'm really excited for. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be a really good one to start with because I can already think of like we we kind of did that. That's all we did the other day. You said yeah. the first song should be uh, a lead off of an album. So I mean we talked we talked about Smashing Pumpkins. We talked about Ar- not not Arcade Fire, uh, Vampire Weekend. Uh, we talked about who else? There's someone else in particular. We uh, the about. Smashing Pumpkins and the Infinite Sadness, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness open. That's that's yeah. Oh, um, James Brown. The James Brown of Live that with one the Apollo. was crazy. That was crazy. That was a weird one. I loved it. Yeah. Um, See, now that makes me excited. And now I have a vision for the playlist. Because some of these playlists, it's like you get going. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, that sounds really good into this one. That sounds really good into yeah. this one. But then like you get kind of caught up in this, like whatever you were just listening to. Right, exactly. Vacuum. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where this is a little bit different. Yeah, I want them to be intentional. I want people to realize that we're putting effort behind it. Because, I mean, music's such a, an important part of both of our lives. It's something that we mm-hmm. both really bond over. It's something I bond over with some of my best friends. Um so, because I love this, you could do we could do like an all Radiohead one. I was just thinking that we could do introductions one. to artists or deep cuts. Yeah, that'd know? be great. I, I would love to do a Radiohead's deep cut one one day. That would I, be I great. love Radiohead. So, yeah, um, yeah, just stuff like that, dude. I don't know. I would like to put nods for like, oh, if you like this, like you know, if you like this song, check out this this record by them, you know, or just bring in kind of promoting like these albums that I that I enjoy that we both enjoy that I think need more attention. So I love the idea. I think mm-hmm. it's great. I would love to, I can't wait to get back into doing the movie stuff Yeah, weekly because I really like the idea of, but we podcasted a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I haven't, I haven't done it, but we don't have an open forum. So we gotta, we gotta figure that oh, out. Oh, that's the easy part. Yeah. We gotta figure that out, but they should be releasing soon uh, to those of you listening to this. Cool. Um, so we got that going on uh, in lighter news. We uh, filmed our first funeral. 
<laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what a day, huh? What a day. What a day. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I mean, Slater, I think we can talk a little bit about our perspectives and how they've shifted since this time period. But a lot of it really comes down to that was the first time I was really confronted with the seriousness of the disease. On Saturday, yeah. Yeah, the, the virus, right? Yeah. So, like, I... I um, I didn't know we didn't know the gentleman who passed away mm-hmm. uh, and I'll keep his name silent so we yeah. don't put him on blast or his family but um, it was just an interesting time because I don't think we ever imagined shooting that and then but it but the reasoning behind it makes a lot of sense yeah um, from there's only about 15 to 20 people allowed into the funeral home and big shout out to TJ Prusin and, and the Prusin uh, little funeral home uh, in on uh, Broadway and Crown Point or Maine. No, that's that's Ma- no. Nine Mile. Nine Mile, yeah. So yeah, so that was a really. I mean, it was really cool to kind of get the opportunity to kind of capture that for somebody. And I think we both felt that it was a little bit of like almost like uh, we did like we wanted to really prove to the family that like and encapsulate that day for him. It was like a different yeah. kind of motivation yeah i remember there was just one part during the whole the, during the whole day i was sitting there and i was like i have to like we want i want i want this to be great for them you know it's just it was different and i i wouldn't say good different but i also wouldn't say bad different it was just different i think maybe necessary in our growth as creators um and just also as businessmen just kind of seeing that kind of, there's a whole other market out there that we don't even know about that could be touched and um I don't know. It's our it's our choice to pursue it or not. But if not, uh, as creatives, like working with a different kind of edit, something that's not inherently happy, but also still celebration, which is something that we we make a lot of videos about. We we do a lot of events uh, and celebrations and stuff like that. Um, so seeing that in a different light for people to respect, um, that was interesting for me, for sure. Super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's same. I think it was just trying to catch the vibe, trying to do right by them. Um, but understanding the rules of the game, you know, yeah. cause it was like, do you show the deceased? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> do you, how far can you go on the, can you go on an altar? Right. A lot of these questions that were just huge and omniscient that we just had no idea. And so it was really awesome to get a chance to kind of say, okay, well, we'll just be flies on the wall. Mm-hmm. We'll have our point person and just try to document the best we possibly can of the event. And I think we did that. I, I mean, think so. It, I think so too. It, it won't be anything that you see on local two and nine. No. But it was just interesting. And, it, and to give you a heads up on what a funeral looks like today is uh, there's 15 people in the service. They had a Zoom. They had an, um, a MacBook yeah. set up right next to the casket. So you can call in a Zoom meeting and look at the and, and pay your respects to the body that way. And then uh, they left that. There was about 15 people left like available in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. had to wear masks. First two rows only. First two rows only. And uh, from there, they did this really cool thing where... They had a procession of they they invited everybody who was going to come to the wake to go to the church, and uh, so we had by the time they left the church there was about two hundred and fifty cars, yeah, which was really cool. And then the cars followed the Hertz back to the back to the funeral home, and they they formed a line all the way around the parking lot, and they had the the family at the front of the line, mm-hmm. I guess conversing yeah with each car. Just kind of saying thank you for coming and, you know, hearing hearing their persp- the visitor's perspective, too. 
So. Yeah, yeah. So very interesting experience. And I think we both, like I said, we both left there thinking like, I didn't feel like I, I almost felt like I was doing charity. Like we, like we were just got done doing like something good for good, somebody, yeah. you know? And yeah. so like, it was a positive for that. And I really appreciated that sense. I would probably do it again. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I could, I could do it again. Cause it's now it's now, now that we got the first one out of the way, I'm looking at it more of like a sad <laughs> scene in a movie. Do you know what I'm saying? So now it's I, like, I, I, some I, shots that I wouldn't exactly turn this into a, de- you know, devil's trumpet fourth anniversary party video, you know, but a lot of slower shots, a lot of more omniscient stuff, mm. you know, and like, I, I can dig it. <laughs> I could dig it. Okay, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what makes me weird. So. Yeah, you're a weird guy. Super weird. So you're out, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to do it again. But um, in the case we had this weekend, it was a family that was very grateful and loved their, loved their, uh, you know, their deceased very much. Um and seeing the amount of love that came from that, that was inspiring. That's and a good point too, because because the, uh, the family was incredible. Yeah, I think that's probably what made it. And if 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 I had to film for a family just like that, I would. That's ideal. So, cool. Uh, so the other real big event is the last dance. We alluded to it earlier on the podcast. Yep. Uh, watched all ten episodes. Um, you, we both, I think, attempted to watch. The game six cut last night. I made it about ten minutes before I was over it. Oh, really? I did. I, I watched the. We just had the whole thing on in the background. I was. Just, we were. We were chilling together, me and my family. But gotcha. I wanted to just see the last part and the celebration. So this was my favorite part. Cool. Yeah, I, I'll probably fast forward to that because that seems to be the cool thing about getting a different viewpoint of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Overall, I thought the documentary was incredible. Yeah. To say the least. To say the least. I would say that as great as it was, the last 30 minutes of it to me was just insane because one of the things when I, you know, I was in 1996, I was, I was 14 Yeah. Um, through 2000, I was then 18, you know, so I got a chance to kind of really live my adolescent years through this team. So I was aware of what was going on and they were massive. So the, it was hard to not have them as a part of your day-to-day routine yeah you know so um I, the, my biggest thing i was looking forward to was just getting new information i didn't want to see the same documentary again that i've seen a million times about those teams yeah so uh, and that and I, they delivered that tenfold they updated the music which i thought was really great the soundtrack of the whole series was incredible i thought the film that they got and the way that they crafted all the stories from going back and forth between the past and the present was a work of art yeah no doubt, dude. Like, absolutely insane effort on the editing team's part. Absolutely insane. The only thing I don't like about it is I wish that you could have told that story without Michael Jordan's like approval. Yeah. I agree. You know, that's mm-hmm. the only thing. But I do appreciate... As an adult, I appreciate that he gets a chance to control that narrative and make sure that yeah. not, he, doesn't, he doesn't look like an idiot, you know? Um, cause I think there's a chance to where there's probably enough footage in that, that if you probably spliced together just his bad moments, that's not going to go well for him. No, but even you like, know? even like those episodes about, um, um, his, uh, gambling stuff and everything where he was super vulnerable. There's those two episodes and it was, in, those were incredible just and that kind of humanized him even more, which I think was the best part about the whole series of, um, 
having as many interviews as they did, you can tell the reactions and how people were talking about him, what they truly felt. And you can you can see that like um I don't know. I don't know where I I I can't remember where I was going with this. It was just it was cool to see because it wasn't just you know bringing the limelight and uh, of who Michael Jordan was, but it was also kind of throwing him some parts like oh there's like this and this this as well. It wasn't always perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest part um, that documentaries need to need to be focusing on. I think a lot of them do that really well, and I think that's my favorite part about them is like uh, kind of painting a human humanistic. Um, figure onto this pe- person who is perceived as a god, you know, mm-hmm. so crazy. The gambling stuff was I I was hoping would, and, and I haven't really had a chance to talk to like this with people who believe he got kicked out and suspended for gambling. Which there's certain sports, there's certain sports narratives out there that just make zero sense. That's one of them. Yeah, I've never bought into that theory that he no. was forced out and forced to like lose or he was suspended from the NBA for 18 months. And that one guy, that one guy made a very good point. He's like, you're telling me that Davis Stern, who's the ultimate capitalist, would bring everyone else's uh, value down by kicking out Michael Jordan? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think the one guy, I don't know who he is now, but I think he might have been like a PR guy for the Bulls in the 80s, and he's like, oh, he's like, how do I put this bluntly? He's like, total bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the way I feel about it, too, because A, the reason you just brought up, right? But B, um, the gambling was never, it was never proven that he was that involved. I mean, outside of a couple, just like a book, but I think it became like a popular narrative at the time. Yeah. And I think it had something to do with him leaving, like, I think that that started to build the wave. And I think they did an amazing job crafting that in this documentary in particular, is that they show that he was starting to get under the gun of, of the media. People were starting to aim at him. Yeah. They saw this as a way to bring him down. Yeah. And then they went after it because people want to hear about what's wrong with somebody, too. Yeah. And so I think that played a part, the coverage, but there was never anything tangible behind it. And, uh, I, and I don't know if there's there's no way... A story that size isn't going to be released. Yeah, there's just it's impossible. There's no way that there could be a cover up of that. Yeah, for sure. There's no way. I don't know. I love. I mean, yeah, everything you said was amazing. I uh, so I mean, you were you were in your teens when Michael Jordan was playing, and you got to experience these teams. You know, watching him. I was born in 1997. I was one when he won his last championship and played those last game with the Bulls. You know. Um, so growing up, all I knew was, I I knew about Michael Jordan. I knew what he did. I knew everything, like all the stories about him. Also part because I grew up in Hammond and, you know, the whole Chicagoland area is always buzzing about that kind of stuff. But I never got to see him play. And a lot of my peers never, obviously never got to see him play. And there's always like a legend persona behind him and seeing that kind of filled in all the holes for me in knowledge of uh, who Michael Jordan was, but also uh, backed up a lot of the things I heard, which was super cool. And just, I think the biggest thing was seeing how much of um, a deity he was to like the public who watched him, you know, like there's just like this, you know, all people are always in awe. And like, I'm sure if I saw him in real life, I would be in awe too, you know? And it's always, of course it's because not only his talents, but also his, his sheer just will and his competitiveness that I absolutely admire because I'm very competitive myself, but like he was always just willing to do anything it took to win. And I think that's a fierceness that is kind of lost in a lot of modern sports. And I think seeing that in um, 
perceived in the documentary was very important for athletes moving forward. Well, and that's what I think he his biggest impact on probably the athlete of that generation was. Yeah. Was that it's okay to be an asshole. Yeah. You know, that like, and you, all you heard about was how how big of a competitor he was at all times, you know? Yeah. And so it's, I think that's the way that people fought, like that he became the face of success. Yeah. And so you got not only his brand of basketball, but you got his Nike brand. You've got his, you got his, uh, you know, his movie contract. Mm-hmm. You've got all these brands that like uh, Hanes was another big one. Uh, Gatorade. Gatorade, yeah. So you Gatorade got all these one. brands that all were on the on the come up at the same time yeah, too. Yeah. So it's a really interesting kind of circle. It's almost the Beatles. I feel the same way about. There's yeah. just these certain athletes or certain celebrities that come around that just like. Everything went the right way. Yeah, yeah, insane. You know right? yeah. That's impossible, almost. Mm-hmm. That it's it almost is some form of spirituality to it. Yeah, I think that that's you know? such a big thing that makes him like such a godlike figure too. Is that it happened for him? People say this is going to happen for me. Never happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. He fucking made it happen. So it's crazy. What just shows you what Will can do. Yeah, dude. You know. Yeah, I just that episode. The end of episode seven. I could watch those last three minutes a hundred times in a row and still get chills every single time. And when he's talking about um, why he pushed everyone, he's like, uh, people are going to say that I was a tyrant, blah, blah, blah. He's like, that's just you because you never wanted anything. And I told him about how all the bullshit he had to go through to get, he mean, you know, he made those Chicago Bulls that respectable program, which was so cool because he endured all of that. He endured all the bullshit that came along with it. Well, that's, I think, a great learning lesson, you know, and it's one that resonates well with me because, you know, over this time period, you just think about a ton of shit and sometimes you forget that everyone's learning. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and the goal keeps everybody in like motivations on this, at least on the unilateral path or path. Right. Uh, However, like sometimes like people have a different route to getting there. Yeah. You know, and some people can get there faster. I think even like the way this is now for us. And I, I, I had a conversation. I had actually, we had a uh, Bible study group last night and I, I we, they asked me how things were going and, and, and it's actually really, really similar to that is that once you kind of been battle tested and growing this from the ground up was, it was way tougher then, you know, because yeah. we didn't have a following. We, we didn't have anybody who gave a shit. I never relied on my friends or family to build this, right? you know? So, essentially this was all built on strangers mm. you know and so i think a lot of people make the mistake of relying on family and friends yeah i know what you mean but if i could do it then with the amount of learning lessons we've had in the three the last three or two and a half years um it's it's only going to make this much easier and it already has right it's like i already know how to get back to level five right <laughs> you know yeah it's like playing a video game that with you just mastered yeah dude. it's like yeah you so you know you've got you've hit some levels that were tough yeah but now that the game's over and you're coming back in you're like okay i think i can see how to get to level six much right. faster oh yeah for sure you know yeah so like that's been a huge help but i so like when it comes to jordan and that kind of stuff it's like when he came back for his next three yeah he had experience and knowledge and a, and and the motivation yeah. more importantly to get back and do everything again oh yeah you that's know? what he that's what he said that uh at the end there he's like that those first three he was he was young and hungry for it he's like they took that break the last three that was all just you know sheer skill and just like 
being bonded with the team and like wanting it. Yeah. At the end of the day. Loved the Gary Payton moments. Yeah. Oh, uh, so that, good. that was so funny when he was like the glove. Yeah. You know, like just totally mocking him from the yeah. beginning. Right immediately after seeing that yeah. video. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, Jordan going to get Dennis Rodman <laughs> after that night of, uh, after the, like the week of him being gone. Which turns out they released the day after that he, that it was it was interpreted as Michael Jordan went to Vegas to get him back. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He no. was, yeah, Dennis Rodman was already back in Chicago. He yeah. just wasn't showing up. Which is the the game three uh, wrestling stuff That's is hilarious. So funny, dude. Bad practice with Rodman. Uh, he he was definitely on his way out. Yeah. There yeah. Was, oh yeah. He's making moves that, that you don't. It's not a lot of longevity to those moves. <laughs> oh, no, dude. You know. No. And he even said in the documentary, he's like, "I just wanted to make money, f bitches, all that stuff, dude." He's like, "What's what's up?" <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. That guy's at one point gonna get a real real confrontation with reality. Um, it's it's and eventually it's like when he runs out of money, this one's probably coming. Probably. Um, but yeah, so the uh, those two moments, I I had no idea Reinsdorf offered Phil Jackson a chance to come back. Crazy, no idea. Uh, so that was that was a powerful one. I I know Scotty Pippen sounds like reports are that he's not happy about this, but that's what happened. Yeah, and there are two things that they didn't mention. You know, when it comes to Scotty Pippen, they didn't mention his DUI and they didn't mention his gun his, his like his gun rap of having an assault uh, like a, you know a weapon. You know, so like they didn't go full hard on him, right, so he should right. probably just chill out a right, little bit. Right. Maybe this is a good metaphor for his bullshit in '98. Maybe <laughs> you know, but like at the end of the day, like dude, you were. I thought they celebrated him perfectly. I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that humanism applied to Jordan, not just such a like. Because you know, as a guy, mm-hmm. it's really easy to just look back at like five years from now and be like. Yeah, I just made up my mind that day that I'm not getting uh, beat by that the Sonics. Right, right. And of course, like, yeah. Okay, yeah, because uh, the history is going to back you up. Exactly, you know? yeah. But, like, you're not really exactly, you can't say that during game one. Right. You know, so it's like all that stuff. But um, it was a huge hype piece for the for the Bulls. I was glad to see him back into the public eye. And the other thing that this, the documentary did for, like, pop culture, have you have you looked at baseball and basketball cards recently? No insane dude really so my buddy uh lindsey henderson bought a jordan rookie 10 years ago okay and i was and uh, we were together when he bought it it was a it was a psa mint nine he bought it online and uh he bought it for 1500 bucks and i was like holy shit at the time you know yeah like, yeah dude spending 1500 dollars on on cards is crazy but you know he was making great money at BP, and he had the the extra money to do it, so he did it. And then um, once this all hit, all of a sudden it was like all these Jordan cards going crazy. So it kind of came up in both of our feeds, and he he was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna put this Jordan rookie up. How much did he sell it for? Ten We're, years, fifteen hundred dollars is where it started. I'm gonna say nine grand. That's super close. So ten grand. Ten grand. Ten huh? grand. So it was, he he got a thousand percent investment out of that. Holy shit, dude! How crazy! That's was insane, that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. Um, and so I'm so glad also that this LeBron, like, it, it's so hard. LeBron James is such a hard superstar because it's so complicated. Oh yeah. From a guy who like looks at this from like a historical perspective and like you know try to keep emotion out of it, even though it's super hard. A lot of top five conversations instantly get emotional. 
that's the hardest part about it. And they always insinuate that because you're calling somebody not the greatest, that they suck. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the case. It's not the case. LeBron James is one of the best basketball players to ever pick up a ball. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Um, But I'm just, hopefully, for at least most people... Did you see the polls during the game during the the uh, the last episode of no, the no, Jordan? No, no, you were telling me about it though. I didn't see him. Yeah, Jordan. So they, I think they they polled uh, the audience and whoever was wanted to be a part of it. Uh, who is better in th- about twenty different categories between Michael Jordan and LeBron James? And I think the average win was Jordan fifty six percent. Yeah, right. So that's yeah. the average. He blew him away in every category. Right. And so it's just awesome. To see finally some respect and like reality to that that conversation. Yeah, I think that's a big thing because a lot of uh, my generation that loves LeBron never saw Michael Jordan play, and probably a, a lot of the public didn't know who he was as a as a competitor and as a human. That the documentary kind of showed in that sense. So you had a chance to see probably well, no, even Jeter's prime. You probably missed out on right. I mean, I, I watch a lot of Jeter, dude. I don't, I don't know. So just imagine. I mean, at least the best way to explain it, it's like imagine. Who has probably the most swag from from professional sports right now? Right now, who has probably the biggest like merch deals and is it LeBron? I mean, yeah, but because like in the '90s it was like Ken Griffey Jr., right, Jordan. Right. You know, like who's got the big one? Like, is there anybody in football? Yeah, no, I'm thinking of football JJ right now. Watt, Peyton Manning I was just about is pretty to say, big. So the Watt brothers are actually insane. All, they they have a TV show right now. That's crazy. Like they they made up a like they made up a TV show on Ultimate Tag and they build uh, obstacles and two teams playing tag. You know what? That's the best. So I'm gonna go back uh, in my mind. It's if you combined Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Yeah. If you combine that, that's what you had with Michael Jordan. Very true. Yeah. And you had the invention of a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and just the way that they changed pop culture completely. So it's like you had the guy who could be funny. Who could be in the commercials? Who could do all the stuff? Because Brady kind of stays away from that shit. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. really do that. He just Peyton, wins. Peyton loves his uh, what is it? Is it Allstate commercials that he's been doing? I think so. Yeah, where's Peytonville? <laughs> Nationwide. Is Nation, on that's your what side. it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you you put all that together. That's what Jordan was for that era. And so that's the one thing that and and, and LeBron fans are really quick to defend his numbers, but you can't be a top. 100, 200 player in the history of the NBA and not have numbers. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gilbert Arenas is throwing up 70 points, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everybody has numbers. Numbers is just a part of it. That's it, always the basis argument, too. Like, oh, LeBron has this. Oh, fuck you, dude. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? And he's got, he's, got a def- he's got a few definitive moments in his career. I would say the block against Golden State is probably my favorite. But he's just, he doesn't have it mentally. No. And, and you could force it, you could force that narrative all you want, but it just doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's the thing, that's the difference between him and Jordan. It's the biggest difference. And you can't just say, oh, well, what if LeBron would have won six in a row? It's like, he didn't. Exactly. He didn't. And he, what if Jordan would have lost a couple? It's like, yeah. but he didn't. You can't rewrite history to defend your argument. <laughs> 
Do you know what I'm saying? It just made me think of that one time we were at Lala and Mickey, uh, we watched that band with all the dancers and we were like, you and I were both like, oh, that's pretty good. And Mickey was like, yeah, but what if they didn't have the dancers? And I was like, they can't. <laughs> they did. You can't take that away. You can't from take them. that away. You dude. can't take that away. But yeah, no, that, that's that's so true. And um, it's always the stats that people come back to. Always, always. the stats. It's a fight. Different times of basketball, different types. I mean, like fucking LeBron is how, how much bigger is LeBron than, than MJ? bigger two inches yeah and just like i don't know it just athleticism always kind of plays a part in that but also i don't know there's there's my buddy put a poll up it was like who's the go mj or jordan i mean mj uh, mj or uh, lebron and this one kid replied he's like all i can think all i know is that lebron uh single-handedly beat the best team in history and i was like he was talking about 73 yeah and i was like the best team in history would probably have a championship. <laughs> you did they have made the best record in history? Cool, yeah, whatever. The best team in history that didn't win it. That, what? That doesn't. <laughs> That's true, though. I was like, That's true. How could you ever be called the best team in history but don't have a championship? Well, and there's an asterisk to that championship too, in mm-hmm. my opinion, yeah. because Steph Curry did hurt his leg, yeah. hurt his knee. I want to say it was at the end of the series prior or mm-hmm. right in the beginning of the series. And he just wasn't the same. He didn't have the same explosion and all that stuff. So it's like it, you didn't. I mean, you could say the same thing about Toronto last year. You know, Toronto beat an undermanned Golden yeah, State team. Yeah. So I don't know if like you can give that like that team the ultimate thing because they didn't really have to fight the best. Yeah. You know, like if I think if you have a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy Clay Thompson. They're beating the shit out of Toronto. Right, right. But what do you do? I no. mean, you, you know, but it is what it is. Still, it still shows Kawhi's like presence and a bigger winner than LeBron. Yeah. At this point in sure. his career, you yeah. Know? And so it's like, okay, I mean, you got, and, and I think knowing sports and knowing how media works in the background, that's what it's, it's equally so angry makes me so angry about the conversation about LeBron because it's so obviously a narrative being pushed by his camp. Yeah. It's it's being pushed by the media that he's allowed to have access, like Brian Windhorse, and that one fucking asshole Nick. What's his name? Nick. Uh, he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. He drives me insane. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's got like a long face. Yeah. He's like he's he's half white, half black. What's it? Nick Wright? That guy sucks. Uh, so it's like, whatever they say, you got to instantly discredit. Um, so like, if you were to eliminate that portion of the media, no one's saying LeBron is better than Jordan. Yeah. It's, it's like 10% of the media making all this hype. Right, right. And it's such bullshit. And it gets pushed by a bunch of kids younger than me that just, oh, fucking, ah, you know. TikTok is the worst. Get fucked, dude. I, I, I come up with probably about two or three, because I just kind of surf TikTok. Um, I come across two or three videos a day that's just these two 15-year-old kids yelling into the camera like they're being Stephen A. Smith about how the greatness of LeBron and how non-great Jordan is. And the fir- and it never starts off in like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, valid argument, good sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, doesn't happen. No, fuck that. So it's just stupid. Yeah. And I've never, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's like every time you have these conversations about LeBron, there are people who are, are trying to rewrite his career to defend their argument, and that's not what you do. Yeah, the decision happened. Yeah, he broke up with a, an entire city on national television. 
instantly, instantly just punting the chance of being the greatest of all time. I, I totally agree, you dude. You can't just ignore that. That is a major component. Yeah. And the same thing that's going to be held against Kevin Durant. Because he went and chased in, uh, in Golden State, he can't be considered the greatest of all time and use that as credibility because yeah. we all know that was a chase. Right. You know, and gotta so hit chasers, man. You can't you chase know? it, man. You gotta let it happen. And I think that's what the documentary too is really enlightened, hopefully, people, is that Jordan didn't take the easy route. No. I mean, from eighty four to ninety, those pistons symbolize a lot of the growing pains. Yeah. That team and that organization endeared, you know? Um, or endured. When it comes to Cleveland, as soon as it got tough and, and the Celtics he had to face those three. He got the fuck out of Dodge, dude. Yeah, yeah. that's the it's it, it, that if there isn't a bigger difference in mentality of all time, that's it. That's it, dude. That's the crossroads. That's the day he gave up. How being can you, the how can you be considered being the greatest, but uh, only do it to chase the ring, like wherever it goes? Yeah, you know. And that's what people don't understand about these arguments. Now I'm waving my hand. I'm getting all. It's a lot of attitude yeah, right now no, in this podcast. I'm getting, we're both getting heated. It's fun. There's such little difference between the guys who are ranked one to ten. Yeah. That it's shades. Yeah. It's like we're talking shades of like the context of the story is what separates That's people. It, dude. And you cannot have those kind of blemishes on your record no. and even think about being the greatest of all time because there's people above him. I don't even think, honestly, I'm not I'm not being a dick here. I'm just not living in 2020. Okay. I would argue that he's probably not the top five of all time. Wow. I can make the argument. Okay. Because there's other basketball players out there that have defined an organization. Right. He never defined an organization. No. People aren't going to be joining the Cleveland Cavaliers in 15 years because of LeBron's heyday. Right. Right. You know, he didn't put that, he didn't put Cleveland on the map, dude. He he won a championship there and got the fuck out again. Right. You know, it's like Bill Russell created the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guys like maybe George Mikan, that's a long time ago, but Magic Johnson was the face of the Lakers. Yeah. You know, and I would say Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I forgot about that. Of all time. And so it's like you've got these guys. Uh, Kobe Bryant extended. What what those guys yeah. did. So he took a great organization Successor. and made them great again. Successor. Yeah. Yeah. The only chance LeBron even has would be to take LA to three championships. But he never st- he didn't start with that team. No. So that doesn't even count. God, I hate that too. You know. I fucking hate that. I don't know. I'm just such a big like just a loyal like a loyalty person when I, in in that regards, man. Like if I start with something, I'm gonna stick it out for a, like a while. You know, I'm not gonna be fucking chasing shit like that. You can't, man. It just doesn't end well. It never ends no. well. And like I don't know, Jordan brought a promise to Chicago. He's like, I want to bring, I want to bring some championships here, and he fucking did that. He didn't stop until he did that. Yeah, he did multiple six times, dude. You know, even the first time he retired, he said, "I felt like I fulfilled my obligations to the city," which he fucking did at the time. He did, which was insane. You know, you know who LeBron James is? Who? A little bit more distinguished, Dominique Wilkins. You think so? Dominique Wilkins is highlight reel is insane you can't even think about it like he's just do windmill dunking on people yeah dunking on people hard as fuck too uh it's a crazy highlight reel but he never went to a finals you know right, so like yeah. that's always his knock but he also had to run up against those those late 80s 
Celtics teams and and essentially the Pistons. Yeah. Then by the time he's in his twilight of his career, he's off. He he's uh, got the Bulls. You yeah. know, so it's like he didn't really get a chance no. to really kind of blow up. But and that's the problem when you're not the alpha. At least LeBron's been the alpha. Yeah. So he true. has that going for him. But when you look at the greatest organizations in NBA, who who comes up to mind? Who is, would you say is a great organization? Well, historically, Celt- just in general, Celt- like, Celtics, Lakers. We're playing Bulls. NBA 2K20. You get a chance to pick the, the the you know who's like the teams that like are like oh that's exciting to get them. The Celtics, yes. Bulls, Lakers, Lakers yeah. Uh, Spurs, just said. <laughs> Spurs, Spurs potentially. I would probably put them on the list because they had a good what, run. Was there. it early 2000s? Well, the most recent championships. Oh my god, 10 yeah. or eleven. Yeah, I forgot about that. You know, so I mean, I would probably put them on the list. Um, maybe that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. In ten years, you'll say Golden State. Golden State's on there. Yeah. Golden State's on there yeah. already. They've they've been they've been in every finals for the last seven years. It feels yeah. like I, every year it's always like, I, yeah, yeah, like, I, Golden list. State against who? So like those are organizations that are established and that all came from like those guys. Like Tim Duncan was like, I think his greatness is bigger than LeBron because of that that, that factor. Right. You know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that LeBron James isn't amazing. Yeah. It's not what I'm saying. No, people and people like you said earlier, people will always think that you're saying Jordan is the greatest of all time. LeBron is not. Oh, so LeBron sucks. How could this guy focus? You know. No, that's not what I'm saying. Never will we ever say that. I've never seen anybody with that size, that athleticism, that strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just, you know, another thing he doesn't get a lot of credit for is basketball IQ. Yeah. It's through the roof, dude. That's one of those things that's just crazy, right? You can probably see things happen before they happen. All fantastic. Guy's not a winner. He's just not. Yeah. Um, He's from all, from everything I hear, he's a great teammate. Um, and he makes some really stupid fucking decisions. At the end of the day, that's where it comes down to. And he's he's kept his nose clean. Yeah. So you got to give him. I mean, people want to give him credit for that. But you know, at the end of the day, like we're playing basketball. Yeah. You know, so like I don't really care how you are on the golf course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But that might be something that someone else buys into. But at least in my general scheme of things. He's not that. Yeah. And while we're at it, Pete Rose can suck a huge D, too. Oh, every time. Dude. Every, every time. time. He's the same one who drives me crazy with these conversations. <laughs> it's like the only time ever. Here we go. I know. It's like the only time ever where what one guy said means everything, and that's the way the story went. Like, can we please just do like a, like a, like a 30 for 30 on this situation to let, enlighten people again about how we know oh Pete God. Rose's story to this? It's a joke. Every day, and like every time I'm going up Facebook feed, I see that fucking let Pete in the hall bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, why is everybody so willing to like help out a guy who's such a, like a, a dumbass? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no? You crack me up, dude. <laughs> why? Just because every time, every time it's a sports argument, Pete Rose gets brought up. He's a dick. <laughs> the whole thing's so stupid. Pete Rose is so dumb. Oh my god! I've got dude. a plenty. I got plenty other ones, dude. I know you do. Yeah, I know you I do, mean, dude. The fact that Craig Biggio's in the Hall of Fame is a fucking joke. <laughs> Dan Harold Baines. That's like, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't think our viewers want to listen to this right now. <laughs> like no. all, all your sports theories. <laughs> Start calling this hot takes. Yeah, hot rants. Hot rants. There hot we go. Rants. That's a good one. Yeah, tune in. We'll, we'll, we'll record that next. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just make like a list of the my hottest rants. 
Subway is a big one. Subway, Subway is, is a big one, one I agree on, though. Mm. I agree with you. And when I explain it to my friends, they get pissed. Why? <laughs> They're just, they don't get it. <laughs> they don't get They that. don't get it. They don't understand. I don't, I don't get it, dude. <laughs> so, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit yeah, now since we yeah. brought it up. Because I remember we were, we were talking about what sub, well, no, what, what, what fast food chain pisses you off the most one time. And you were like, oh, Subway. And I was like, why Subway? Because at the time I was like, I would eat Subway, whatever. Like, yeah, I still once in a while. eat Subway. Yeah, I'm yeah. not anti-Subway. Right. But then I listened to your, your, um, your perspective on it. And I was like, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I, I will never understand why I'm paying someone else to make a sandwich for me that I'm asking you to make. You're choosing every ingredient. I'm choosing everything. No. To the bread, to the fucking, whether I want it warm or cold, to like the lettuce, to like the toppings, yeah. to the type of cheese. It could be a totally different sandwich every single time. Every You could go there and never make the same sandwich. Right. What is the fun in that? At that rate, why don't I just, I mean, I'd rather just like say, okay, you know what? Here's a transaction of my money to yours. Let your chef pick an amazing dish for me. Yes. I don't, I don't I've never worked in a fucking kitchen before. Why am I picking my sandwich? It doesn't right. even make sense. Exactly. Okay. That's the rant. Yeah. That's for, that is pretty much it. Um, I, I mean, the other one that drives me crazy is the beeps. The beeps at stoplights. Oh, you hate those. Oh, my God. It is so funny because our very own Kyle Muha honks <laughs> any, any fucking chance he has, But dude. he would be a honker. He is a, he's a total honker, Huge dude. honker. Muha, if you listen to this, you're a honker, bro. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, The hot takes are fun. I don't know why I enjoy them so much. Um, it's fun to be con- confrontational. Yeah. In, in good sense, dude. You know what we should do is we should take our music playlist idea that we have, mm-hmm. and we should now translate that to podcasts. Because I would love to just podcast about random shit. That'd be fun, yeah. Constantly. That's like maybe like... Uh, this is this week's theme. Hot Rants. Yeah. I'm down with a Hot Rants podcast where we just talk about the things that piss us off the yeah. most, and then just try to defend it. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So look at us inventing during this podcast, which hopefully we can do more of. I'm trying to do these once a week. Yeah. That Let's was, start getting... I know we say that. That was your New Year's resolution. We should probably start doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's already June. Yes, so, sir. Um, uh, do you have anything else to add? Um, no, nah, man. It's been, it's been a weird time, but I'm excited to get back. We're back on the wagon now, and we're going to start sprinting yep. soon. That's what I'm looking forward to the most is getting on the sprint. Um, we just released a video with Varel from the District of Art and his guy. grand opening last Tuesday. So check out that video. We've got an, a crazy amount of things on the hopper right now that is really exciting for us. Yeah. So I, I can't talk about it publicly for just a fear of there's a lot of groups lately who are taking every idea that everyone ever had and taking it as their own. Yeah. Never giving credit and never giving credit to other people or partnering with them. So I can't publicly say that stuff anymore. Um, but there's so many really cool things that are happening and I'm just really excited about the future of this and I'm more excited than I've ever been because maybe going back up the levels like we are has really helped kind of like speed track it and kind of say, this is what we do. Yeah. Let's not go away from that. No. You know, 
Um, so that's all I have. Uh, so uh, hopefully every week we'll be dropping you this podcast. If you have any questions or concerns, hit us up. Uh, probably the best email to hit us up at is contact at local219.tv. If you have any thoughts about programming or anything, hit us up. It'd be fun. We're always looking for new ideas. Um, other than that, uh, I'm Alan. And I'm Slater. He's Slater, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank <laughs> you.